0: This is the Talk Editions Podcast, episode 25, with Weston Olensky. I'm Madison Greenstone. I'm Marina Kipperstein.
1: I'm uh, Weston Olensky.
0: Welcome, Weston. Welcome, Weston. Weston's artistic practice is so multifaceted that it's hard to define it in just a few words. He's one of these people who seems capable of mastering just about anything. I've seen him play trombone and other brass instruments, modular synthesizers, electronic instruments, various organs and keyboards, and that's just as a performer. He's also an incredibly skilled composer, an inspiring improviser, an instrument builder, and computer musician. I was overwhelmed at the task of introducing him, so I asked him to do it himself.
1: So yeah, I'm uh, a musician, sound artist, composer, I don't know, all around like weirdo. Who, who like now lives in the woods. Yeah. That's that a pretty, right. <laughs> that's that's the that's the most uh, simple answer I think I can give. So definitely, I mean, definitely when I met both of you, I was like still like very much, let's say like pretty hardcore trombonist. Like that's like what, I don't know, that's why I studied in school. That's what I was like, I don't know, that was my inroad to everything. And then from there it was kind of like.
0: You got too good at trombone and you had to do other things. You hit a ceiling where
2: you were already better
0: than everybody
1: else, or, or just walk us through the, the trajectory. Oh, you can just feel my like heart sinking, or like my stomach just like ooh. No, walk uh, us walk true. us through the okay. through the trajectory.
2: Uh, so
1: basically, like I don't know, the trajectory is yeah, I like started as a trombonist. Um, it's like what I did kind of all through high school, um, but I I, I mean it's just kind of crucial to like what we'll probably talk about later. But like I grew up in like a super rural part of the South, um, in like Upstate South Carolina, like like, kind of at the foot of the Blue Ridge Mountains, like, a big feeling that I had growing up was that, like, the world was always happening somewhere else, like, and it's something that, like, Mm. I don't know, I feel like I've come, I've, like, come to a peace with that, especially with, like, moving out to Vermont. Yeah, and so it's kind of this feeling of, like, yeah, like, I I felt pretty disconnected in a lot of of ways, Um, definitely pretty sheltered, like, my parents were older, like, um, growing up in, like, yeah, like, I mean, I think Spartanburg is like maybe nowadays like a town of like 45 or 50,000. At the time, definitely less. I went to school in a town called Woodruff, which was like 3,000 people. So it's like really out there. Um, And my first inroad to music was uh, like other than kind of like mandatory piano lessons that my parents put me in, they were both artists they were like we want you to like be well-rounded and like we're going to introduce you to sports and which is like really to sports. Really, yeah no, no to like because no, they did like sports and they did okay. like music and they did academic like they were really like I don't know like that's a whole other thing that maybe is like for my therapist and not for y'all yeah. um you are like sitting in the armchair <laughs> <laughs> um So yeah, like kind of like both my parents are artists, so I grew up with a lot of art and they were kind of like always encouraging that and always pushing that and like put me in piano really early and then like kind of like most other like creatively, I don't know, kids that were attracted to creative things. Like I like tried out for like the band in fifth grade and like wanted to play literally every instrument but the trombone, but they needed trombone players and I could play like like a high not like a high f but like a like treble clef f like kind of right off the bat and they're like you don't have a choice you're playing trombone um and so kind of from there it was like playing in community bands playing in the community jazz band playing eventually in like the high school marching band and then i did like a couple years of drum corps um drum corps international which is like marching band on like i don't know name every stimulant possible it's it's like and it's also like very like i don't know um It's, like, very militarized and very regimented and very precise. And I I feel like that was kind of my first, like, like, way in which, like, music could be excellent. And so, like, from there, I was, like, I just want to be, like, really good at music. And then I studied with – I started to kind of study more classical music through college. And then kind of through there, like, went to Northwestern and then San Francisco Conservatory. But knew very early in that that I was, like, I don't want to do this. Like, I just want to, like, be really, like – like, I want to excel at this instrument. I want to be really, like, competent. And I really love playing. But, like, I realized pretty early on, like, what is all of this, like, orchestra stuff. Like, it was really genuinely foreign. Like, because I did, like, the only times I ever played an orchestra before college. Or even, like, real classical music instead of, like, band arrangements or marching band arrangements was, like, once a year at, like, all-state Orchestra. Like, that was it. Um and so I always feel like the cl- the actual classical music thing, even though I took up six years of my life, was like a like diversion from like mm. I don't know the real thing that got me into this was like r- like music was like running around on a field until you like either passed out or threw up or like, <laughs> <laughs> or like sweated everything out. it was like a very aerobic thing, it was like an all encompassing thing um, it's the sports um That's but great. yeah, and so I don't know I, I feel like I'm still in a certain way making that kind of music today um mm-hmm. but kind of through there like went did the classical thing moved to new york um like right after i graduated i think we met pretty marina and i met pretty shortly thereafter because i was like i'm like i'm super into experiment music. i want to do new music and i was like commissioning a lot of people and then i don't know gradually started to be like wait i have like feelings about all these sounds because like mm-hmm. i would do a lot of work of like <clears throat> i don't know like brass instruments in like contemporary classical music are like always rather except for like some trumpet players like in some trumpet repertoire it's always very secondary it's always very background and I was like wait I want to do the cool stuff too like why does the violin or why do pianists get to do a bunch of cool stuff and so then I started to get curious about commissioning people um listening to like a ton of like noise and improv records and being like wait how do you make that sound at the time I was like how do you notate that sound which like I'll chalk that up to like, like youthful, <laughs> like, like I want to, I, I just wanted to be involved. And that was the only way that I knew how. And now it's kind of like, like, I don't, mm. I'm glad that that's not my first um, uh, instinct <clears throat> uh, with that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was just like bringing all these sounds that I liked into a, like kind of space that I wasn't seeing them happening in. And then gradually it was like, wait, I have feelings about this. And like, rather than turning it all over to composers, I was like, no, no, I think these sounds should go like this. And then kind of from there, it was like through with a lot of encouragement from like a couple friends, like who I really respected at the time. It was like, like, why don't you try composing? And so I started to do that and then was just like gradually fell from that into like, oh, like I'm super into in improvisation. And then kind of broadened that into like, I don't know. I got really curious about like electronics and like coding and like recording techniques and all these things. Because it was just like, I don't know. That one kind of stemmed directly from, like, a early thing that I did with uh, Katie Young, who's, like, a really awesome bassoonist, composer, human, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that was the first time I was like, oh, like, getting to play with, like, guitar pedals. Like, I think this is really cool. Um, and then just, I don't know, feeling really curious about that. And I feel like, I feel like that's now a through line that, like, has kind mm-hmm. of, like, opened up this whole other thing where it's like, I don't know, does a trombone even need to be in the story? Because, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, I love the instrument. I still, like play pretty much every day and it's it's still like at the core of a certain like body of work that I do and it's definitely the core of my income <laughs> like without a doubt um and a lot of the projects that I do with other people but it's kind of now been a thing of like realizing that like I don't know a lot of the things that like I've been interested in like in like that we'll get into with like the piece with Laura or like some of the stuff that will if we got time to like with this new record like it's like there just isn't a place for brass music in that. It just doesn't have anything to do with this. And it was kind of a thing of, like, either I can try to bend the subject matter and I can kind of bend this thing back towards, like, I am a brass player and everything is all about brass playing, or I could just be like, wait, like, maybe I just don't need to have this. And, like, to actually put a trombone on stage or in a recording or in any way would be actually to kind of, like, get in the way of, like, something else that I was interested in.
2: So, I just want to, like, make a couple like draw out a couple connections.
1: Oh, please do, I'm completely <laughs> from <what> <laughs> incoherent.
2: <laughs> from what you were saying. Um, one is the sort of connection with like the militarized music of marching band yep. and the other, and like the militarization of technique, yep. which like we've, we've talked about before a little bit. Um, and the other is like, you know, wanting to attach notation to, you know, a sort of expanded instrumental conception yep. of playing. And I, f- I feel like, In knowing your more recent work, especially the stuff with the banjos, um, the AI, the AI things like these sort of performing paradigms or situations where like the real material considerations of the instrument is expanded and composed as a composite in such a way that like shirks a way one could encapsulate it with notation Mm -hmm. or shirks a way of like you know, a sort of like standard way of playing that does have like a kind of militaristic material history. Yeah. um, I feel like that's like super, super present in your in your work. In I will never a sort not of... be an instrumentalist. <laughs> yeah, like I can't
1: yeah. I cannot like I've tried so hard, and I will never.
2: but it's but it's also like the reconsidering of like what an instrumentalist can mean in different right. contexts right. and what an instrument can mean in different right. contexts. And like, what you're doing, like, through sound, but also through, like, sculpture, like, the material mm-hmm. construction, and, like, the processes through which you get to the sound, like, there is this sort of, like, imminence. There's this totally. kind of, like, like real creative critique within it.
1: Yeah, and actually, it was interesting. This was, like, I, I wrote, like, a little bit of notes about this, and this was, like, the like the one thing that I remember. <laughs> but, like, I mean, we can jump straight into but it's a thing that, like, I think about a lot now is, like, how... And like in general too, like, I mean you can kind of extrapolate this like like ad absurdum, but like like where are these kind of false binaries happening between like I don't know like like instrumental like instrumental playing or like electronic playing or like like non notated music and notated music or like improvised music and composed like the liminal space between composition and improvisation, like et cetera, et cetera. But like all of those things, especially as it relates to like like I don't know, instruments and sound and the thing that's really fascinating, at least for me, like, right now, right now, is, like, there's a lot of, I feel like there's so much talk, like, in kind of, like, I don't know, like, the the discourse around, like, listening and, like, how we kind of perceive sound and all these things of, like, sound being this kind of, like, very abstract or very kind of, like, fluid or very, like, hard to pin down, like, experience, which is, like, really beautiful and really true like if you think about like as a listener it's kind of like you can start to kind of project whatever meaning like say you have like i don't know some like sine tones like floating around to space like you can really like metaphoricalize or like conceptualize that in like any way that you really want to and that's kind of like a really the kind of like detachment from how the sound was made is like kind of this like pure listening space is like really amazing and really fruitful but the thing is like being an instrumentalist like, we are so tied into, like, the actual minutia of making sound that, like, like, there's also a flip side to that, where, like, say if, like, you were listening to a violin tone or, like, a clarinet tone or a trombone tone or, like, these things that we know, like, so well. Like, you cannot abstract that. <laughs> like, you know every single facet of, like, oh, yeah, like, that's a little too bright or that's a little, like, this, and that is caused by, like, this kind of <clears throat> pressure and this thing or this relationship with your body. And so it's, like, sound can both be, like, this kind of, like, very... Like, very kind of fluid, unnameable, amorphous. I don't know. I think, like, about like Jonathan Stern, like, audiovisual litany thing where it's like, like, sound is immersive and like visual is like immediate and these things. But like, sound is also really immediate because, like, as an instrumentalist, like, you know this thing literally from the inside out. Like, in this, I don't know, in a way that I think some kind of like, thoughts around composition especially like seeing like the like resurgence of like Alien Redig's music and things like that where it's like the kind of performer like the interior of the sound is like such a kind of like composable thing now or at least a like thing that people can listen into a sound um so i don't know these false binaries between like yeah it's not like sound is not actually this kind of like like i don't know like imminent like you can unpack the entire thing but it's also not like a like kind of field of anything is possible but like the two are together and i feel like a lot of the pieces that i've been doing lately are kind of like prying that open where it's like at least for those that like are listening that like have no context for what i do at all like a lot of stuff i've been doing recently like is investigating like time and history and material and like location in these ways that are like actually very explicit like they're like pieces that are really of a place or of a tradition or of a specific kind of like set of times but are like trying to scramble that where it's not like a linear teleology or it's not a like kind of like I don't know expected flow of time or material in which like every single sound or every single material in this thing like kind of is indexed and like comes from somewhere else and it's about it's all coming from somewhere else so like say like the piece for Laura the movement that includes all like like, the second movement, it's a piece in four parts, um, and the second movement, it's, like, all of this, like, weird, like, puppeteered, like, AI shit. Um, and I, like, wanted to make sure it's, like, oh, yeah, it's not just random instruments, but it's actually, like like, her group, which is, like, y'all. And so it's, like getting this corpus of, like, asking y'all to be like, hey, can you record 20 minutes of improvising for me so I can feed it through a neural net and generate, like, some, like, phantom thing that I can then run. Yeah, maybe we could actually just talk about this (laughs) process because just for
0: for people who might not have a context for this, um, Weston wrote a really incredible piece uh, for Laura Cox, our flutist in talk, Really um, weird piece. Very weird piece. <laughs> it totally blew my mind. Madison was saying uh, before we started rolling, Madison was saying that listening to Weston's music a lot of the time oh, yeah. makes them question, like, <laughs> am I making the right art? Like, should I be no. doing? No, am I
2: making the art that I want to, <laughs> be, I making? Want
0: to be making? <laughs> and I feel the same way. Listening yeah. when I listened to that piece for sure, because I was at the premiere performance at Roulette. Um, last year we both were, we both were yeah. yeah it was last it, it was, that was like a party the first it was the first in-person show yeah. i think that i saw yeah since, like one yeah since
2: COVID, i almost cried i know
0: yeah i really <laughs> it was really powerful it was yeah. a really powerful show for, yeah. for a lot of reasons but yeah, like
1: i was running the tech for george's piece that's george lewis which is yeah. on the first thing and i started to have all these like butterflies like yeah. like that i hadn't had since i like auditioned for college <laughs> and i was like what are these feelings going on i was like oh man i really miss this yeah um but so
0: yeah maybe you could just talk a little bit about the process yeah
1: of, of creating that piece kind of where you were coming from totally yeah um yeah and so to kind of like at least wrap that into the previous slide it's like a lot of the stuff that um like a lot of these pieces will kind of like i try to get i don't know maybe it's like too neurotic but like i don't know i really enjoy this process of like okay where does actually all of these sounds come from not like what's the organizing strategy or what's the kind of like matrix of structure or like all these kind of like like composerly things but like actually like what are these sounds where do they come from what's their kind of like what are their histories and so like like Laura had asked me a pe- asked me for a piece um I think it was like pre covid maybe and it was this thing of like oh yeah like we had met once and kind of like started to go like go through some stuff um and then we kind of reconnected like as like they were gonna like put the show together um and so it was kind of this thing of like um, It feels like a really nice piece that's like in the middle of a lot of things because like a lot of stuff I was doing previously was like dealing with like electronics and like synthesized sound and like this stuff that's all about like synthesis and like weird synthetic music and like kind of like things that do not like, I don't know, really thinking of sound as like a like material that you can hold and touch and squeeze and, um, and so it's kind of like this piece is like half of it is like this kind of language which is very like sculptural in a kind of like more literal sense of like sculpting sound and then the other two movements are in this kind of like yeah like weird like i don't know destabilized time identity thing and so it's kind of threading those things together um so the piece is in four movements i think it was originally gonna be like eight or nine i don't know i was thinking a lot about like like I don't know, digital music and like what is a kind of space in which digital music happens or like, okay, we have this like, did, I mean, and maybe it was a COVID thing. I don't know. I wasn't trying to make COVID art or whatever because <laughs> like, you know, that's a the whole other. All art made during the is actually <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <art>. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, why do you need to like outline it in like capital letters? Like it's all, it's all there. But it was a lot of this thing of like thinking about, yeah, like virtuality and like what's like, what's like, like, I don't know, like. What is the, like, how does all this, like, virtual, like, what is a virtual space? What is an, what is a noise floor of a virtual space like? Mm -hmm. Like, what are these kinds of, like, like, I don't know, specific spaces that are not, like, yeah, that are, that are not real and are not trying to be real and are not trying to pass themselves off as, like, a, like, approximation of real. And, like, so what do you do with that? Um, and so, yeah, the pieces. uh, uh. Four pieces of virtual chamber music for flute and ensembles, I think. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, (laughs) And so all of them are basically just like, okay, like, what are all the things that a flute plays in? And like, one was like, okay, I need like, I definitely need like a flute quartet because that's really (laughs) annoying. Um, (laughs) I mean, annoying in the best, like annoying in the way of like, those are so many high frequencies that make my brain spaz out in a really, really, really great way. But yeah, the first movement's that. The second movement was like, I want to write some like real hardcore Neue Musique, like like straight from d- like straight from Darmstadt, <laughs> like like real like like I don't know like '90s style, like all clusters, all this kind of shit. I mean, I made a full score. It's all the- it's like all these like specific multiphonics that are then orchestrated. Um, so there was that one that was like, I want to write like some like like I don't know some like chamber music. <laughs> like, real chamber music. Because um, I don't, I don't do that. And it's like, I thought it'd be fun to, like, kind know, LARP as, like, a composer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and the third one was then, uh, like, was, like, a flute, like, kind of, like, flute and rhythm section type of thing. So there's, like, the whole thing is, yeah, like, it's, like, MIDI version of, like, a Bill Evans waltz that's, like, put through all these physical models um, of, like, a bass, piano, drums, um, And it's all just this weird, like kind of like, I think the 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 in the score is aggressively algorithmicized. So like I was, I made all these like mini patches (laughs) that would then send info to like all these physical models. So physical models for those of y'all that like don't deal a lot with digital audio is essentially like there's like sample based like digital audio where you're taking a either real or synthesized sample and kind of transposing it up or down um, which is usually controlled via MIDI or something like that. Um, but then a physical model is this kind of way of approaching coding virtual instruments that was like developed in like the 90s at Karma, um, which like at Stanford. Um, and it's instead of like mo- instead of trying to represent what a thing actually sounds like in terms of a kind of like we need to find like the closest like metonymical match to this thing. It's like okay, for a string instrument, we're going to model the string. And then we're gonna model the bow. And then it's kind of the, the like kind of confluence of like how these systems work. So it was like, okay, this is actually a virtual instrument in a way. Um, so so it's like sending a bunch of info to those where it was getting just like randomized all over the place. Um, and the fourth movement was then um, kind of taking the like flute and orchestra thing, um, and spinning that around. So I like fed like Laura playing. The first like I don't know 16 bars of the Mozart flute concerto, and then a like karaoke track of like an orchestra <laughs> playing the back of it, and fed it into this um, uh, program called Jukebox, which is developed by OpenAI, which basically is like kind of like the best way to think about it is like a like um, like autocomplete for audio for audio so you can like give it a seed and then kind of be like it has a big corpus that they trained it on it's like you could specify by like i want it to sound like like classical music or i want it to sound like some of them are really specific you can get like i don't know like like shoegaze dream pop like i'm like i don't know where half this stuff comes from but like um it's like a corpus of like a million or two million different audio recordings but i I gave it like like these 16 bars of the Mozart of each one and then just like let it go and so then transcribe the flute one for Laura to play and so you kind of have these two paths um, of like I don't know a computer trying to learn Mozart. like like three seconds of applause and like I didn't put I didn't splice that in like it generated yeah. some like creepy applause at the end which was I don't know pretty fun but it's kind of this thing of like thinking about like okay like how does a what is a like this instrument that's a flute that's like very much like a real thing like how is it kind of repre- like represented in a digital domain what is its context who does it play with? like who does lara who does digital lara play with like in this case who does analog lara play with but like mm-hmm. what's the kind of like surroundings of this thing um, So it's kind of taking this like yeah like weird space of like instrumentality and like performer centric stuff and then getting like really i don't know maybe probably unnecessarily conceptual about it
0: well so that was kind of the same process that you were performing with the banjo music at the yeah. beginning of of your new album right yeah, yeah. i mean okay so i am <laughs> <I'm> very <laughs> excited for all of you to listen to this album <laughs> i'm just it's one of those things where it's like uh like i got to listen to it already so i know how much pleasure you have in your future yeah. <laughs> it's like it it's it so hard <laughs> It it's so hard There. Yeah. so it starts off with this kind of like um well, those, those let me give a spo- little spoilers. It's spoilers. Fine. Okay, spoilers. There's this kind of like, it sounds like somebody's tuning a radio. Yeah, it's and an then, actual radio. Yeah. Yeah. And then you end up uh, listening to this banjo music that's playing for like, what is it, like five minutes or something? It's like that's a like really long- 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Yeah. It's a really long time. Yeah. And I was actually, I was listening to it and I was like, I was listening to it and I was mostly focusing on it, but then I like checked out for a second to like check my email and then all of a sudden we were like- I was like, wait, how did we get here? And it like, wasn't banjo music anymore. Yeah, 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 And it was just like the smoothest transition. I literally, I think I just like oh, looked wow. at an email and I came back yeah. and I was yeah. like, whoa, where yeah. are we? Yeah. <laughs> I and mean, it was also something
2: so uncanny about the radio, like kind of thinking about what you're saying, like every sound has like an immense history of its yeah. genesis. You yeah. know, every note is like a reference to like everything that came before it. Every totally. instrument is a reference to everything. Totally. And I feel it.
1: like and that I, thing too is like... Yeah and and it's like really i don't know important at least for me at least is that it's like i really really i don't know both try to resist but also like i feel like i'm really not motivated by the kind of like oh i've made like i don't know that the like the like it's always sunny meme of like the guy in mm-hmm. front of the like big old wall full of like 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 the the dots or whatever it's like i feel less like that in the sense of like i need you as a listener to like connect all of these dots that i have but more like oh Especially in this new record, because I, I mean, I spent like especially on the banter thing, like two, three years on that piece, like yeah. that it's really like I, I
0: mean, don't it's know, like forty minutes. Also, it's like forty-two
1: right? minutes. Yeah. It's like not yeah. short.
0: It's a, it's an album actually, but yeah. then there's two tracks <clears throat> on the album.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably a little much. But great. um, yeah, great. but it's this thing of like it's 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 less like I like I, I really am not. Interested in that kind of like I like am looking for a listener to like decode all of these things, but it's kind of more like Like oh my god like like I'm totally in awe of like how all of these things are connected Like how like the history of the radio is like wrapped up in like the history of country music Which is wrapped up in the history of the railroad which is half which is wrapped up in like this particular tune That's like named after this particular railroad tunnel and then how that's like wrapped up with like all of these things like have to do with like I don't know like the fucked up situation of why America is America and like, and it's not about like, let me walk you through it, but more just like, like, whoa, this like, like, this is so much bigger. And like, and it's always about kind of capturing that kind of awe for me. And so it's not as much like, like, look how, I don't know. Yeah, like, not it's not like look at all the research look i did my look look, mom i did my homework but like just more like like holy shit i had no idea that all these things are just kind of like so interconnected with one another and then i find that that experience of just being kind of like completely i like i don't know just in it (laughs) um just to be really i don't know it makes my brain freak out in like a really really great way (laughs) um yeah
2: i mean in listening to it and like hearing hearing the connections, and it's like, yeah, you say you don't want to sort of like, you know, walk a listener through it, but like, even just as a listening experience, you Mm -hmm. hear that everything is like connected. Totally. And referential on some sort of substrate layer. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I find really amazing about it is it kind of like creates this like nonlinear feeling of history or sort of like nonlinear experience of history where it's like, oh, things that are, that like happened affect things that came before
1: exactly, you know, and like
2: all these things sort of like resonate each other and and, like actively change each other's meanings and each other's ramifications Um, and I don't know I feel like you access that in some like kind of like symbolic way and the way you draw like different sources together the way you're dealing with like the material construction of the banjo Mm -hmm. all these field recordings that like the specific person made of the specific Mm -hmm. like Railroad you know the sort of crickets in the night kind of thing the use of the radio. It's like it just feels like there's No kind of false bottom
1: I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's like that's like like (laughs) our experience of the world, too It's so multi-layered and it's so like there are so many realities happening all at once and it's just this kind of like I don't know I I get it really explicitly up where I live because like on the one hand like, yeah, we can kind of talk about all these things in these very, like, metaphysical, like, very kind of, like, philosophical ways. And, like, there's plenty of, like, like, specific, like, artistic references that, like, I feel like, like, I could not make this work. Like, I don't know, say, like, there's, like, a really amazing sculptor, like, Candace Lynn, who does a lot of this with, like, installation, or, like, like, Montana Roberts, or, like, the work of, like, Black Quantum Futurism, or, like, yeah. a close friend at Sam Salem, who does a lot of this stuff with, like, psychogeographical stuff. Um, but, like... A big thing that like a lot of this trans a lot of this kind of transition, like once I like actually left New York, um, because like I can think about it a lot in these kind of like specific like like artistic or cultural or like philosophical references, but then it's also like I can walk down the street from my house and like see a barn that's like retrofitted with solar panels and it's like mm-hmm. there's an example right there. Or like it's this thing that's that like that I always try to like like cling on to that it's like it's not just like this kind of like heady conceptual exercise, but it's like wait, like this is this is just like kind of ordinary like in the mm. sense of like i don't know like the reality that i at least have lived in for almost two years now is that like like i am so confused as to like when when am i yeah <laughs> like living out where i live because it's like i mean i grew up in a similar place but it was not similar in, in like culturally in any way shape or form but it's also like yeah like what do you what do you do with that <laughs> I don't know, yeah. and, like, these things that are, like, kind of of the soil and of the earth and, like, how complicated that is and, like, all of, I don't know. It's all it's all related. It's, like, all some, like, Illuminati shit.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it, like, relates to what you were saying, like, growing up where you had this feeling that, like, I, I don't know what it was exactly that you mm-hmm. said, but it was, like, time or cultural or, or things were happening elsewhere. The world was over there The somewhere. world was happening. Yeah. yeah, the world was over there. Yeah. And it kind of points towards, like, this idea of, like, time or temporality. Totally. You know, where it's, like, oh, like what where is modernity like who has access to modernity who has access to like a feeling of like the present like where are these sort of like time sinks you know with black quantum futures and like their direct work with like time poverty like who has Mm -hmm. access to like a sense of the future not a sense of the future but actually like materially the future
1: and things yeah like 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 contemporaneity or is that a word
2: contemporaneity yeah
1: or like or like like being kind of like things (laughs) like, (laughs) like like being like avant-garde or like kind of like modern or whatever like that's that's like a particular like vantage point like that's not like a given that's not like not everybody like i don't know all of these things of yeah like who gets to like either have these positions or say they do is like all wrapped up in like issues of like race gender sexuality class like upbringing all of these like it's not a neutral thing just to be like yeah i'm like at the forefront of whatever like that's like it's
0: like by by what the (coughs) linear perception of time yeah, exactly. You judging yourself to be yeah exactly
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't know and it's like, like
0: yeah which trajectory can you trace to find right. yourself yeah. at the
1: yeah. what, did, yeah. what
2: did you have access to before you realized you had access to it
1: right exactly um, and, no, and, it's, and it's actually this kind of like access thing is really interesting because I don't know a couple I guess like a, a couple weeks ago a couple, like a month ago like I finished the like David Graeber and David Wenro like the the dawn of everything which is like this really interesting like retelling of like a human history not based on like kind of like cultural mythology but more based on like actual like archaeological and anthropological records and it's kind of like they point out this really interesting kind of habit that we're kind of in like or maybe not well I mean we in the in the in the singular but we in the kind of general sense too of Humans like the, yeah is that we like are like oh my god how did we end up in this like incredibly unequal state and it's like all of these things like oh my god like how is like this like extremely like destructive like extractive late-stage capitalism like how did we get here and it's like we have learned to kind of trace the lineages back through like these very specific things but like that's that is that is in itself an interpretive act and in that like there's all this other evidence and there's all these other ways in which you can trace like lineages back and so yeah this kind of like who are you following or like who like i don't know what's your vantage point there's a, a denise Ferreira da de silva um, who's this really interesting, um, like Afro Brazilian uh, philosopher and thinker, and, and she has I might be paraphrasing this really badly. Cause it's been like a year since I read it, but like talks a lot about time in a kind of, with, with a lot of spatial metaphors, as if being like before time or beyond mm. time, but like before time, not in a kind of like Big Bang style thing, but kind of like looking at time as if it's splayed out in front mm. of you. Like and the angel
2: of history. Exactly.
1: Um, you mean kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, totally. And it's this thing that's like, I don't know, this really kind of beautiful thing of like, oh, wait, how... Like, we cannot step outside of time, but we can also try to, like, reconfigure how we look at it. Yeah. I don't know. So uh, th- there's some yeah. flute music in there somewhere.
2: <laughs> <Flutes>. <laughs> I mean, kind of to walk it sideways a little yeah, bit. I don't yeah. want to say walk it back because that means, I don't know, I don't, no. I don't know what that means. Um, That's but,
0: like inferring some I, kind of linearity of this yeah. conversation. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but... Maybe to
1: walk it a little bit more towards like normal coherence. No, 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 no. Just
2: <laughs> walk it somewhere to keep the walk going. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, I don't think you've talked yet about like what the actual setup for the banjos oh, is. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, oh, for... Do you, do you want to get on that rabbit hole? Um,
1: I can. <laughs> or is it? Yeah. Do you think it's the a, people want to know? Yeah. Um the people. <laughs> the people know. Um yeah, the the banjo thing it's basically like like kind of at its heart is like frankly it's like a piece that's trying to like help me deal with like where I'm from and like how I was raised. Um I don't know. A lot of this stuff like like, I went through some, like, pretty serious, like, family stuff, like, like, four, four this would be five years ago now, um, and I felt like before all of that, I was, like, really trying to run away from the fact that, like, yeah, I grew up in, like, I mean, my dad is a photographer, my mom is a, like, high school teacher, and we lived in, like, the middle of nowhere in South Carolina, like, it's, like, there was a lot of implicit kind of, like, either shame or embarrassment or like, I mean, I was going to school with, with like kids who like went to like, like I lived at Interlocking for four years. I'm from West Palm Beach, Florida. And I'm like, I did drum corps in South Carolina. And like, there was a lot of kind of inferiority around that. Um, and I feel like up until like all of this kind of family sh- stuff happened, like I was kind of always trying to be like in this kind of thing of like on the forefront or always pushing or always like working super hard or kind of like escaping that in a way. And it was a lot of that, experience of then like spending a lot of time at home kind of realizing what all of the, like how all these things are wrapped up and like how I felt about like I don't know how I was raised and what kind of preconceptions came with that and like kind of like growing up in, in, a, in a in a big way that I was I don't know in certain ways forced to do um it was then like wait like okay like what is like I can't extract myself from like being from there like what is all like what okay it's time to like take a good hard look at this and so like that was kind of when a lot of these seeds i think were planted where it's like okay like what does it mean to like make work about the south what does it mean to make work about the south as a white person what does it mean to make work about Mm -hmm. the south as someone who was like yeah like raised like doing sports and doing like basically the musical equivalent of like rotc and like like raised as like a pretty like like i don't know raises a boy in the south it's like all of these things like really complicated um i'm not saying that like this is like the main narrative that should be putting forth but like it was a thing of like i haven't thought about this at all and so then a lot of those seeds kind of were planted i was working with sam actually a lot um at that point we're doing a piece that's finally happening this year um where he actually came to spartanburg he's like um really amazing artist from the UK and like does a lot with like kind of site specific field recording stuff and like making these like beautiful pieces out of all this. Um, I don't know, not as many people over here in the States like know about him as I'm happy with, but like this go check.
2: Sam Salem. Sam Salem
1: is like, yeah, but like we were doing this and like he was super interested in that. And it was kind of this think like really thinking with, I mean, it, with somebody else too, but then it also was planting the seeds. Like, wait, like what are my feelings about this? Like, how do I feel about this? And so, that started to just kind of worm its way through um, a lot of COVID. Like, I was just like, I don't know. I don't even know how I got on this, but it was like, I'm going to like learn a lot about country music. <laughs> and then I like, I like fell in love with this shit. Like, I don't know. I think this music is incredible. Um, and like really complicated and like really, and like issues of like, oh yeah, it's like really antiquated or it's really like nostalgic or it's really sentimental. But like, that's not that simple. Like, cause it's, it's pointing outwards. And so it was all, it was kind of like, collapsing all of these like threads into like a like okay like i need to i don't know the banjo was kind of like the perfect vehicle for that because it's like it like it is kind of like the very brutal history of america like laid bare in an instrument i mean it's like it's an instrument of african origin that was brought over like through the middle passage like and kind of like traded around a lot of the like caribbean brought to the americas like like initially was like only played by like enslaved people um like there was a like really bizarre kind of like i don't know comeuppance by like and like this kind of like fetishization by white people to then take this instrument into their spaces and like okay like how does it start out as this thing and then end up as this like symbol of like a bunch of like like rednecks on a mountain um i'm definitely thinking out loud here um
0: that's really interesting, though. And I, I think it's what you're talking about with locating this yep. piece and, and kind of having, um, I mean, all of all of that with the banjo really came through for me. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, I, I know you and I know that yep. you're from the South and like, but I yeah, I mean, I actually didn't realize that it was AI. Largely AI yep. until yeah, yeah. I read the description, which mm-hmm. I waited to do okay. until yeah, yeah. I'd finished. And can you just talk a little bit about kind of like <clears throat> where you playing the banjo uh, started and where AI, oh. or are you not playing at all? Because I know In, that it said that there was banjo on that
1: album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the main thing are the banjos. And so like yeah. I have, I am playing it. Um, I actually did... Learn it when I was a kid, like for like a really? year and a half. I was real bad. I'm relearning it now, and it's 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 a, a little easier. Um, but the main kind of thing is that like like the material setup um, is that there are two banjos, and one is tuned in a kind of like traditional like G modal tuning, and the other one is tuned um, to various partials over 60 hertz. Like the kind of 60 hertz ground hum is like a theme throughout. As a kind of representation of earth, of the, of the grid, of this kind of thing. There's a distortion unit at the end which actually passes current through the ground and back up as it's kind of like, I don't know, like like metaphorical apotheosis. It's, it's, the, it's the frequency of the American power grid. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And
2: ground like literally connects
1: together. And it's, and yeah, yeah, and like there's like the ground plug in that outlet over there, the bottom one is like connected somewhere to a literal stake yeah. in the ground.
2: Tangent, Martin, what's his name, Freeman? Hauser? Oh, oh, Martin Houser. Uh, <laughs> Ma- Martin House, Ma- Martin House. Yeah. has a module where you literally, like, there is like. I a built that. Thing that's what it is. Dirt. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I took
1: the schematics Connected from around. that. Yeah. No, I took the schematics that made like, yeah. and made like and made like a feedback stereo version. And oh, that's awesome. Just what it is. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, because he has all the, the Gerber files Maybe online.
2: Maybe not a tangent. <laughs> but, no, not at all. That's
1: exactly it. Oh. Um, so then it's kind of like one banjo is like tuned to like tuned to the past in a, in a way, and another one is like tuned to a kind of future where it's like it's all like rational intonation. It's all like that one is hooked up with six like solenoid motors like all over it, and all of these things mm-hmm. of like a kind of electromechanic like, what does it mean to push this instrument that is so like, like I don't know, of its past, like forward in time to a kind of like because a lot of that early repertoire was. Like, if you listen to, like, I don't know, like, old, I don't know, like, a lot of the old, like, Lomax recordings or, like, Doc Boggs or Jimmy Rogers or all these things, like, it sounds like trains. The music sounds like the railroad. A lot of these people worked on the railroad. All of this is wrapped up in the railroad. It was all, like, that instrument, too, at that time. Like, all of this repertoire was, like, about this kind of, like, modernity. And now it's kind of, like, we've passed that. And so like kind of taking at least that genesis of it of like oh like how is this like kind of projected forward in and in a way and that's where the kind of ai stuff comes in so the beginning of it is like um actually no the end of the setup is that there's two banjos they're tuned in this way there's a bunch of motors on one they both have transducers on the head so they're at the actual speakers in the piece um and then there are two um the on the inside of a banjo there's a tension hoop um And it's essentially just a big old, like, iron, piece of iron. Um, And that's a lot of how um, AM radio works, is that it just is, like, a circuit that, like, injects a, basically, a really, really high sine wave. um, And then it gets radiated out of an antenna. And then all that a receiver is is something that decodes that sine wave out of the air and then transduces it back into electricity. So it was, like, about turning the instrument itself that was kind of propagated by the radio, such as, like... um, like WSM, which is the original station that then became the Grand Ole Opry, or, like, there was all this, like, really interesting history between, like, the U.S. and Mexico with, like, what were called border blaster stations where they could, like, there were different height regulations and they would build these stations, like, over the border, or, like, it was, like, it was a huge thing on all this kind of early marketing that, like, the banjo and country music itself was used as advertising on these radio stations. So then it's, like, okay, how are these instruments then the transmitters themselves? And so kind of inverting this in a way... um, So the AI stuff is then, I just recorded a bunch of samples of me playing um, and then trained all of those, uh, converted those into like basically MIDI and then trained all of that with a bunch of Markov chains to then regenerate tunes. And so I had little like either single licks or pitches or like full tunes that I could then feed into this thing and it would just interpolate forever basically. Um, So that's the first section. Um, And so all of that sound is getting projected through the head. Like I'm not actually playing the things themselves, but I'm like operating controls and feeding it and taking information away and kind of like robotically playing it. And the second part is then kind of, okay, like if this is such a percussive instrument, like what, again, what is its kind of underbelly? What's the resonance of it? Like it's essentially just like a resonant skin with a bunch of strings stretched over it. And so then it was like built a bunch of ebos um, which are such as ma- electromagnetic resonators to then sustain those strings. And so the entire second part is all just like, yeah, like really, really thick drones. But it's like the banjos themselves are the drones. And like I built like all the circuits yeah. for that. I'm, I'm playing that all in real time. Um, That's
0: so cool. I had uh, no idea that that was how that was
1: Yeah, yeah. like every <laughs> single bit of that in there is banjo. Um, um, And then, yeah, and then the third part is then this kind of, like, that's where the ground distortion comes in, and the fourth part is um, the really weird one where I was trying to imagine, like, a kind of digital space and, like, of, like, basically using the same program that I worked on with the talk thing, trained it on this one particular Carter family, like, song by the Carter family, which is not by the Carter family, but, like, was popularized by the Carter family in, like, I think this record was in, like, 1935. They were a family... Um, from kind of like western Virginia and there was this, like kind of historic like 19, I think in 1927, the Bristol Sessions which was like the first, like the birth of country music and so it was this like executive from one of the major record, I think it was maybe Columbia, it was either Columbia or Victor um, came to Bristol Tennessee and set up a mic in a studio and then like the Carter family and Jimmy Rogers and like all these people came there just on a whim and recorded and then it became just this huge hit um, and so it took, I took one of those songs and trained all these neural nets on that song to try to get it to learn these. But all of the, you could kind of specify within the software, like, like, I want to like focus on a corpus by like Loretta Lynn or like Buck Owens or Johnny Cash or like basically all of these like dead country stars. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, okay, what does it mean for all of them? Where are they all now? What are, like, how are they all like? What is this whole thing? Like how is this like repertoire passed down? What does it exist with? How does it move forward? Um, and so it's essentially, yeah, all of all of these like <laughs> dead people like kind of singing together in this mm. like like thinking about AI not as this kind of like technocratic like oppression of the state, but like kind of like maybe like not in like a like optimistic way, but it's like, what are what else does it mean? like what's its metaphysical space? like is it? I don't know, in this case, it was like, oh, this is kind of, like, a really weird, like, like, heaven, like, um, metaphor, like, it's, like, Mm -hmm. and they're all singing in the song about, like, like, the entire song is about, like, the death of someone's mother and watching their mother being carried away, Um, spoiler that's what happened with my family, Um, so, like, and so it's, like, has a lot of personal significance for me, Um, and so then it was kind of, like, oh, wait, like, what is this space, then, to kind of push this, like how, like, how does this material kind of keep going? And I've, there's a whole other, like, spiel that we go on with, like, the, like, false binaries of, like, experimentation tradition and how those are, like, wrapped up in one another. But maybe I'm rambling at this point. <laughs> <laughs> <That's fascinating. laughs> um,
2: I, I was just thinking, like, I just learned recently about blood harmony. Oh, yeah. About, like, you know, family members who grew up, like, singing together from, like, yeah. childhood. And, you know, and so it's, it's like, deep. indistinguishable, like, their voices. And I was thinking, like... On a kind of like poetic, metaphorical level, you're like kind of creating like blood harmony with all these people who like, you know, maybe like who weren't related in a kind exactly. of like genealogical but sense. But they're related but they through the music. Yeah. 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 But then you're like training their voices or these songs like on yeah. each other. Yep. Which is like, yeah. I think
1: that's really yeah. Cool. And it was also, it's also just this weird uncanny valley too, if you're hearing all these like voices going on and then you recognize the sound or like there's even some where it's like, I can kind of tell that that one sounds like Johnny Cash. Like, at points or, like, things like that. And then kind of, like, oh, like, how does how does a computer try to learn an oral tradition? Um, which is definitely not a new thing, but it was kind of, like, to do it, like, on the, like, sample-by-sample sample level of audio and not just, like... Like, it's not trained on a MIDI version. It's, like, generating the waveforms from scratch, essentially. Um, so, like, I don't know, like, what are the... What's happening in there? <laughs> like, what's going on? Like... Um, I don't know, it's morbid, but it's kind of, I don't know, It's but like, but like that, like that maybe like all of this stuff is also like, I don't know, like I'm not like a techno optimist or like a techno, like the tech like, I don't know, I don't like techno fear or stuff, but it's just kind of like, wait, like this is just a part of our lives now, like what do we do with it? Like what are our relationships to it? So like, in short, like this piece is like a lot of, I don't know, and all these pieces at least for me are like, I don't know, what? they end up being like, what's my relationship to this thing? And so it's not mm-hmm. just like, I, I think this about this and this about, it's kind of like, like I have mixed feelings about this. Like I feel really ambivalent or like there's some stuff that I like really am uncomfortable with or things, things that I feel like are really beautiful. And like, how do you kind of hold them all together? Um, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, um, I think it's coming to the end okay. of our time.
2: Wait, should we do like a. Oh! do <laughs> no, we prepare
0: anything? No, we didn't, but let's come up with it. Okay, okay so. Um, oh boy. This is a tradition at the end of the talk interviews. Um, we like to play Would You Rather.
2: Okay. <laughs> Would you rather only make art about Kiki and Sophie for the rest of your life, but not have Kiki and Sophie? Or oh. is that your only cats? have cats. Kiki and Sophie, but not make any art or post any photos of <laughs> them?
1: I don't need to make art about them. They already run my life anyway. So <laughs> yeah. Nobody, like. That seems yeah. pretty, like, an yeah.
0: easy that's one. Yeah, that's an easy one. Would you rather have 20 cats <laughs> or, or be one of Madison's 20
1: cats? <laughs> oh, okay. This that's
0: is... a good one. <laughs> Holy shit. You live in a studio apartment. If you, if you In my you know, small studio apartment, which cats. I love. I would rather have 20 cats.
1: You'd rather have 20 yeah, cats.
2: that's the right answer. Yeah. I'm not a good enough cat zaddy to have 20 cats.
0: <laughs> that was episode 25 of the Talk Editions podcast with Weston Alensky. If you like the Talk Editions podcast, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so others can find us and so that you don't miss an episode. We've got a lot more coming up this season, so stay tuned. Thanks for listening.